All right, welcome into another edition of West of Everest. I am Lee Benson. Joining me, as always, is Grant Benson. And uh, let's see, it's been an eventful day in Norman, Oklahoma. Brent Venables had his press conference this evening, first time that he has talked since Kale Gundy resigned late Sunday night. I was in Norman for most of the day. I was at the press conference. Uh, and uh, we can talk a little bit about that and you know, obviously everything that's happened since our last show, which came out almost a week ago. Uh, this episode was delayed a, a couple of days, actually one day, uh, because, well, uh, my schedule has changed. And so I'm working more on Mondays and Tuesdays. So Wednesday nights are the best time to record. And then the Brent Venables press conference happened today. Wasn't sure if we were going to be able to record, but uh, fortunately, I was able to get away from work a little bit earlier than I otherwise thought I would. So now Grant and I are, are coming to you around 10 o'clock Wednesday night. And I guess, Grant, we're going to be the last people to comment on the whole Kale Gundy situation. It seems like everybody else out there is probably kind of taking their bite at the apple. But now we've gotten all of the information. We've had you know multiple days. We have Brent Venables' press conference. So uh, we're armed with all the information to talk about, well, whatever is going on in Oklahoma football. What's going on? Really grateful that we're, we're kind of the last one to, uh, to get after it because I, you know, I don't think it's uh, – I'm sure a lot of people probably felt this way too, but probably wasn't the greatest thing ever to, to quickly comment on, to get like your, ver- your, your very first thoughts out like just very quickly. Probably wasn't the best thing, the best situation for that. I think I, th- I think everybody definitely benefited from from sleeping on it and taking some time to really think about it. At least I did. Yeah, and I, I definitely have benefited from that as well. Uh, I mean, everyone has their thoughts, everyone has their takes. Um, who knows? People may have changed their minds over the last however many days. I mean, it's been three days or so, and it's. I guess let's start with this. It's everyone's already said versions of this up to this point. But we'll just kind of do it in our own way, shape, or form. This whole situation just sucks. It's, it's not good. It's not cool. Uh, I was talking to Dusty Dvorak. He's been gracious enough to do a lot of hits for News 9 the last couple of days. And he was saying that it's just it's a lose-lose. It's from both sides. I mean, from Oklahoma's perspective, from Gail Gun- uh, Kale Gundy's perspective, it's it's a lose-lose situation. It's not good. It makes you kind of feel icky all the way around. There's, there's no right or wrong, I think, kind of way or, or way to look at this. I think Bob Stoops went on KREF yesterday, and uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't write down everything he said, but I'm going to try to paraphrase. I thought he said a lot of good things, and uh, one of his points was, you know, there, there's not really a, like a right way or a wrong way here or, or, or a wrong side or a right side here. It just kind of is what it is. And it's, it's just not good. And, and I'm not very precisely saying what Coach Stoop said, but uh, whatever he said in that interview, I, I kind of liked a lot of it. And, man, it, you feel bad for Kale Gundy because a super long career just ends like that in a, at a moment that he's going to regret now for the rest of his life, you would imagine, because it's, it's, you know, we, we have his account of the situation we have Brent Venables' second statement. He came out with a little bit more detail on what happened, and you know it's 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 just not good. And it's a it's a moment, a lack of judgment, lack of awareness, whatever you want to call it. And it happened, and it's it just it's not good. And Oklahoma moved on. Uh, well, I should say uh, to be more precise about that is that Kale Gundy offered his resignation. 
That's what has been said publicly, uh, and Brent Venables accepted it. And now I think I'm not sure if it's fair to say both sides need to move on because I'm sure Kale Gundy is going to be thinking, man, like this is, he's going to feel empty inside, right? I mean, he's, he's been part of this program for so many years. It's going to feel weird. But as far as Oklahoma goes, they got to move on because football's coming. I mean, football's coming in three weeks. And one of the big questions that I have that everybody has, I'm sure is, is this something that's going to hang over the team for an entire football season? And more importantly, Will it lead to more negativity? Uh, will it lead to uh, this team not becoming as good as it maybe otherwise could be? Uh, these are questions that we're not going to know the answer to until we get into the season. And it's up to Brent Venables and these guys to figure out the best way forward. And so far, listening to Brent Venables today in his press conference, and we'll get into it, it sounds like everything is going about as good as it possibly can go. I, I believe Venables said, given the circumstances, uh, things aren't necessarily good. They're great. Uh, I mean, again, we're just days since the resignation. Uh, but so far, given the scenario that Oklahoma is faced with, it sounds like things are going about as good as it possibly could be. The question will be, though, moving forward, is that the loss of Kale Gundy, that's huge. That's a huge loss. How is that going to impact this team moving forward and that to which we do not know right now and we're not going to know for quite some time? Grant, I'll, I'll turn it over to you to, to give your thoughts. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, no, I so I, I I don't really want to disappoint anybody, but I have a, I have a very normy take about this. Um, I you know I've I've said numerous times on this. You know my my interests completely lie with OU and college football. OU is an institution, um, and in this instance, you're it's it's absolutely right. It's a crap sandwich completely. You have to make a decision that makes everybody feel like total crap but it's the correct decision for the future of the football program that we all love and care about and have an equal share of. Um, and I think that's what you have to focus on. But also it's totally understandable if you're upset about this issue because, because of all the other issues that you, know, you, you laid out there. And it's okay to be upset about this, this in a lot of different ways. It's okay to be upset you know, about, um, about Kale Gundy and, and the 23 years, I mean, over 30 years, he, he played here too. Um, coming to an end like that, it's it's okay to be really frustrated with Kale too. I I know you and I have talked about that the last couple of days. That just that situation, it's it's frustrating. The kind of the the brain deadness of it is frustrating to you and I because we can't really relate to it. Um, and it's it's okay, yeah. you know, to be that too. It's okay to be upset about about you know about that angle of it as well. So I it's. Um, if anyone hasn't listened or, or read Bob Stoops' comment on, on comments on KRF on Tuesday, you should do it. It's 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 not he doesn't say anything that's particularly satisfying. He just he just lays out the bare bones truth of the matter, and just and just it, he he kind of he talks about life with it. And there's just there's parts about life that you just have to get through that suck, and every like everyone realizes that they suck, but you just gotta swallow it and just keep going. And this is one of those instances. And Bob Soups does a really, really great job of being a leader about it. And I would, I would really recommend everybody uh, listen to that. And uh, I mean, what? And there's it, no it better sucks. person. There's no better person to to say those words than Bob Stoops. I mean, he he's longtime friends and close with both main people or you know main people within this uh, situation, and that being Kale Gundy and Brent Venables. I mean. <laughs> 
like Bob Stoops about anybody out there that would have any sort of thought or uh, like, hey, let's go to this guy for really what this means. Bob Stoops would be probably the first person you, you look at, right? Uh, again, considering this guy has been a steward of the program. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a legend. He's been fantastic ever since Lincoln Riley left. And again, like I said a moment ago, he, he's been close with Kale Gundy and Brent Venables for 20 plus, heck, maybe even 30 years. Yeah, like 30 plus years. So, I mean, he's kind of in the middle of this thing. And it's, there's, yeah, there's no good answers. There's no right or wrong. I think I'm, I'm kind of looking at KREF's Twitter feed right now. And they've had some, they have some quotes. And, uh, you know, Bob said to have a degree of understanding for everything of all parties is important. And you just got to let it go. That's another point that he made. Um, but I think he made a good point or, or good advice. If, if anybody out there listening to the show has not heard the full interview, or at least some of the clips from Bob Stoops on KREF, I definitely would listen to it because it, Everything he said in my mind was like, yep, that's spot on. That makes sense. And it's coming from a guy with a heck of a lot of credibility. <laughs> so uh, I know I kind of jumped in. A lot in of perspective it, yeah. as well. And um, yeah, it's it, it's just important. And it, it's like one of those things. It's like it's it's so crazy, right? Like I, I um, and I, I don't want this to sound glib or, or not focusing on the right things or anything. But, I, you know, I said before we came on this, it kind of looks like this wasn't this wasn't much of a national story. This really is a local story. Um, I, I, I think, but just sort of, sort of observing how, how much of an atom bomb it has been within the program and within the fan base, just looking at it is, it, it's so interesting. And it just, it kind of just reminds me and maybe it reminds other people too, just like, Oh my gosh, how important is, is this thing to all of us that are doing this? Cause like, I'm telling you, no one's really talking about this nationally, but it's, it's a huge huge story with you know within the state of Oklahoma within the fan base within the Oklahoma University community it's it's crazy how much all of like how much all of this means to us and um that's why it hurts that's why that's why you need to hear Bob Stoops on KRF because it's cathartic and um I don't know I I recommend it but uh yeah geez gosh I desperately want to play football not me actually but you know what I mean (laughs) you know the rhetoric well, yeah, you're, you're right, and, and it does. It does mean a lot to a lot of people. Uh, I mean, it means a lot to us. We wouldn't have this podcast if it, if it didn't. And, you know, it means a heck of a whole lot to Kale Gundy as well. And I don't know Kale Gundy personally. You don't either. Uh, I know a lot of people that do know Kale Gundy personally. And for, for them, uh, this has been really difficult to talk about and to swallow and to kind of wrap their heads around because of how good of a guy he is and his reputation. It's... I mean, he's a guy that, that, from what I've heard, I mean, he's so good with people. He's a great recruiter. He's really good with, with college kids, I guess. And not necessarily just college kids, but probably everybody. I mean, you, ha- you can't just be really good at one thing whenever you're a good communicator. And so it's really heartening, I'm sure, for him. And it's, it's heartening for a lot of people around the Oklahoma football program to see all of the positive words that have been said about Kel Gundy and all the support that he's gotten from a lot of his former players and that came out Sunday Monday and uh, I'm going to miss some people here but just off the top of my head some some really big time players that came out voicing their support for Kel Gundy the big you know big one was Joe Mixon he wrote a really long letter in support of Kel Gundy Adrian Peterson also came out I mean it's a lot of running backs heck his his now I it's so crazy to say this is now former colleague uh, DeMarco Murray who's now obviously 
uh, you know, played for Kale, but now coached with Kale up until Sunday. DeMarco Murray came out in support. Uh, and, and, and again, I'm missing people, I'm sure, but uh, that says a lot. Whenever there's so much, so much praise for a guy, when a, uh, when a situation like this happens, that, that tells you a lot about that person because what is the alternative to that, right? I mean, throughout our lives, I mean, there's always these stories out there, similar situations like this, right? And you're always kind of like, how did this happen? How can somebody, you know, make that mistake or whatever? And uh, sometimes, and I wish I had some examples. I don't. I know examples are important, and, and you know, I'm kind of just kind of shooting from the hip right now. But it's telling if something like this happens, or not necessarily even say, not necessarily even like a racial type news story. If it's a a story just a negative story that paints somebody in a bad light. It tells a lot, I think, whenever there's nobody that comes out in support of said person. It's just crickets. There's just, it's quiet. Uh, on the flip side, it, it says a lot to me as well whenever there's a ton of support for somebody, which is what has happened with Kale Gundy. So to me, that just tells you that, yeah, this, this guy has, has shaped and helped a lot of people. And I mean, one of those people I know is Dusty Dvorak, a guy I've talked to a lot the last few days. I mean, he's broken up about this. I mean, he's he's real close to the program. He's real close to Kel Gundy. And uh, he said Kel Gundy is a guy that he's done a heck of a whole lot at Oklahoma as far as uh, when, it, when it comes to bringing former players back into the fold and making sure that former players are a big part of this program and will continue to be moving forward. Kel Gundy has done a lot of that, according to Dusty Dvorak. And, I mean, just think back to the spring game, how big that was, all these former players that came back and how, how cool of a moment that was. Uh, and Cale Gundy had to have had a lot to do with that, I'm sure. And I'm sure Brent Venables and the rest of the staff too as well, but that's just the kind of guy he is. I mean, whenever you leave Oklahoma, it, you're not done there. Uh, you're welcome back. And I know Cale Gundy has kept in touch with a lot of these former players, and he's he's – done a lot of really good things and so that to kind of your point a little bit ago that, that's why it's it's okay to be mad it's okay to be upset about the way this went down because this is a big time career a long career and he's an Oklahoma guy and just like that it's it's over for him and it's just it's really sad and uh again there's no right side or wrong side as Bob Stoop said but you have to just kind of see both sides of the story and do your best to move on and for the sake of the program and for the sake of the 2022 season and at least in the short term, hopefully everyone can kind of move on as soon as possible and we can get back to talking about football. Where do you want to go next? And I think that is what's going to happen. I, I actually do. I, I, I think, um, I think when, some, when, when stuff like this happens, you know, a lot of the time we live in the moment. It feels like, right, it's, it's going to be a massive deal forever. I, I don't know, man. It's and I'm not going to say people are just going to forget about it. That's not, but I it, it it will fade from the forefront of people's minds, especially once once the pads start popping. Once we start to get more information on 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 football, people really are going to be excited about that. Um, and just other you know other things too, like are are just things are going to move are going to move along. Um, just just right before we hopped on the podcast, Lee, I saw, um, you know, of course one of the one of the reasons why, uh, you know. Or if I mean, if you want to look at the football side of things, maybe one of the reasons why uh, you want to it's it, it's tough. This was going to make recruiting tough. All right, that that's a big part of it. You you one obviously you look at like the morality side of it, and I think that's the most important side. 
um, having have setting the right culture is the most important thing. But also, this was going to be a question that you're going to have to answer in recruiting a lot if you're if you're an Oklahoma head coach into the future, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, and just in that note, right? I saw uh, you know Jacquez Petaway, who is recruited by Kale Gundy, is I think currently outside of Jackson Arnold is the highest rated recruit OU has. Um, maybe he's he's close to PJ Atabore. It, it doesn't matter. Um, he's he just he he just affirmed his commitment to OU. He said he's he's staying committed to OU. I saw that on Twitter. Um, and so like that's when when stuff like that continues to to trickle out like that, it's going to be easier to move forward. When stuff like that, now it's can like, you, okay, the the world continues to to spin. Just just real quick, can you can you double check and you see if he has his fifth star yet? I just want to make sure that we're not behind on the times like last week. He doesn't. Can, he doesn't. Just got to go ahead and break up this uh, this very serious podcast real quick. Well, that's great news. I didn't know that. I didn't hear that. Very good news. And uh, you know, again, quickly on recruiting now because you brought it up, it's on my mind. Uh, another Oklahoma target is committing on Saturday. A local guy here from Mustang, Jacoby Johnson. You're pretty and big I fan seen of him, this aren't guy you? Play. I've seen this guy play a, a couple of times, and uh, he's really good. Granted, again, it's a very small sample size, but I love his size. He's about 6'3". I'm not sure what his weight is. I'm going to guess probably around, I don't know, 210, 200, 210 maybe. I don't know. Uh, super athletic. I saw him score a couple of touchdowns last year uh, as a receiver. Uh, he played both ways. Uh, I, I don't know for sure about this. Maybe there's stuff out there in the recruiting world that, that's already confirmed this or that's already reported on this, and I'm just way behind the times. But I'm pretty sure that uh, in college he's going to be playing defense. I think he's going to be playing corner, uh, if not safety, somewhere in the secondary. And in my mind, uh, that guy at corner, if he picks OU, whew, yes, sign me up for that. That size, that length, uh, coming into now with uh, you know Brent Venables as the head coach, Jay Valai coaching corners. Still, obviously, we don't know about Jay Valai a whole lot yet as far as Oklahoma goes. But, I mean, a, a much better situation, I think, right now as an incoming corner and possible development, I would guess, compared to the last regime, so, uh, anyways, just want to throw that out there. Jacoby Johnson's going to be committing on Saturday, and I have a feeling I think he's going to go pick OU. I have no inside information. I, I mean, he's a local guy. I just you can't. I know he's Oklahoma State's one of his final teams as well. Uh, but man, like a guy that's a blue chipper like this in Oklahoma's backyard that I know, I know he's really good. And I, I mean, I'm assuming they like him a lot. I guess I don't. I don't know much about that side of it. But man, it would be tough to see that guy. Uh, not go to OU, but I suppose you know maybe he's no issue guy. I don't know. You know maybe he'll stay. Really at home going out on a limb there, Lee. Really going out on a limb, saying he's going to pick OU. But hey, I don't know. I know, right? I know. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the and like this is like I mean they have all of these forecasts and the predictions now, and so you can go on and see that that's that's kind of like the consensus. Everyone thinks oh, he's going to really? go to OU. Okay, but you know I mean it's I mean we'll see. Okay. It, it it would be from what I from what I've read and gathered, it would be quite the surprise if he if he did not go to OU. All right, good stuff. Um, let's see. You said something earlier, yeah, uh, about how you think that they're they'll be able to move on relatively quickly. I mean, like the pads will come on, they'll they'll keep practicing, uh, and I have um, again. This is all from Brent, uh, Brent Venables, but you know, he said today that you know somehow, some way, he thinks that the guys will continue to unify around each other, and that's what he's seen so far. And he said ever since. Kale Gundy's resignation, the guys at practice, they haven't flinched. And they had a, a long three-hour meeting on Saturday, this past Saturday. So I guess that tells you that uh, everything went down 
I think. I, I guess maybe the, the timeline's out there. I, I'm going to guess maybe Friday is whenever it happened, um, as far as whenever he, you know, Gundy read aloud from the iPad. But uh, apparently a three-hour meeting on Saturday, and Brent Venables described it as amazing. They got really transparent and vulnerable, coaches, players, everybody there. He said it was terrific, and, you know, your classic, sometimes adversity helps you kind of pause and learn and kind of move forward as a program. And everything he's seen so far has been encouraging. And I will say I've been to, the, to practice both times this week. And credit to Brent Venables, he's opened up practice not once this week but twice. And we got to watch for, I think, I mean, I was out there probably about 45 minutes on Monday. And today I was out there for about 40 minutes. And practice seemed normal. Nothing seemed different aside from the fact that obviously Kale Gundy's nowhere to be seen. And LaDamian Washington, the new interim wide receivers coach, is out there uh, coaching up the wide receivers. I focused a lot on him on Monday. I honestly did not go around the receivers at all today. I was more around the defensive players. But uh, nothing seemed off about practice. It seemed like a, on Monday things were a lot more chippy. Uh, there was a decent amount of kind of like scuffles that happened during the W drill. That's a, a somewhat physical drill. The guys will line up. The, a running back will get the ball and and you know they're not tackling yet but i mean they're they're engaging you know they're engaging on blocks trying to get off blocks and and trying to you know wrap up or touch up the running back or whoever's carrying the ball and so there's a little bit of physicality to it and so i saw some scuffles on monday uh let's see i i know that i saw let's see uh, uh freshman Jaden gibson blocking man who was he blocking with i can't remember can't remember the the defensive back he was blocking with but there's a little bit uh of like Oh, like they had to separate the guys. It wasn't that big of a deal. But then uh, Billy Bowman like was kind of talking and something was going on off to the side. And then that kind of got Jaden Gibson's ear as well. And I saw them have to kind of be separated a little bit. I mean, this is all this is all fall camp stuff. Uh, let's see what else I see. I saw uh, Nick Anderson, the, the true freshman receiver. And man, I, I tweeted something out. I tweeted out a video that had it on there as well. I'm, I'm kind of filibustering now, but uh, I tweeted out one of the kind of scuffles and it was all just like all in good fun. And the point is, though, it was it was a little heated and I used heated kind of lightly because it wasn't really that heated uh, compared to today, though, when they did the same exact drill, uh, nothing like that happened. So they kind of they toned it down a bit. I don't know if maybe uh, Brent Venables had a talking to with the guys. Like, hey, listen, come on, come on, let's go. But uh, I mean, he was in the middle of it whenever people were kind of getting a little feisty on Monday and, and Venables hopped in a couple of times just to kind of talk to the guys like, Hey, come on, come on. But I mean, it's football that's expected. And there'll be a lot of that. I'm sure that goes on whenever the pads come on. But uh, main thing though, credit to Brent Venables. We never saw any physical drill like that ever when Lincoln Riley was the head coach. And now the, the, the amount of time they let us sit and practice and watch. Uh, it seems like we see that ver that drill every day. And I'm kind of curious to see what that drill looks like if they let us back in to watch it again when the full pads come on. Let's see. I mean, will they go to the ground tackle? I don't know. Um, who knows? So uh, just wanted to kind of a couple tidbits from practice I saw the last couple of days. Uh, unfortunately, though, I don't have like any nuggets for you, though, like as far as this guy looks super good or this guy. I mean, everyone kind of looked the way they're supposed to look from what I saw. Uh, and uh, I don't know, maybe if you have any questions or you have any thoughts, I can fill in the blanks. But um I'll stop there and kind of let you jump in wherever you want to go. No, I mean, I suppose if you don't really have any, nobody really jumped out at you. I remember, you know, I, I was watching videos. I think I, it had to have been from Tuesday, but they were doing the W drill. And I saw, I, I think it was Gentry Williams kind of ragdoll Marvin Mims a little bit um, when they were engaged on a block and Gentry just kind of shoved him off to the side. Um, that was one that really stood out to me. 
Um, but yeah, really, other than that, I I think the one thing I I I, I like kind of watching just like the energy of the practices. You you can tell that there's like there's an intentionality to that, and it's it's very very structured. Um, with with like with the I mean like they're still doing the thing right where the uh, jump start my heart plays right yeah. after they break it down. Does that happen yeah. every like every practice? <laughs> every practice that I've been to, spring and now two in the fall. That's I mean they all stretch, they all huddle together, they break it down, and kickstart my heart for Motley Crew comes on. It's oh, it's kickstart my I heart. Mean, that's right. Not much of yeah, a not yeah. much of a Motley Crew guy. It's a great song. I love that song. It's a great song, and I mean it's obviously designed to get the blood pumping, to get them going. I mean, you know, it kind of makes me wonder if you're Brent Venables. It's a great song, but at some point, do you do you think of other awesome like stadium anthem songs to get the guys pumped up just so there's not there's not that repetitiveness of the same song over and over again? Or is it one of those things where it's a, it's important to be into routines and that's a big part of their routine? So we always do this song. I don't know. Makes uh, me wonder if they'll kind of switch up random uh, things. Th- th- this is something that I I don't think this interests you like in the least bit, but. Um, you know, I mean, like, you know, ever since that I've been watching OU football and going to OU football games, right? Kind of right before, um, like right when they're done, like kind of like with the pregame warmups and they're doing like kind of the positional stuff, they always kind of meet at the center and then crazy train by, by Ozzy, uh, Ozzy Osbourne plays. Makes me wonder if they'll, uh, they'll kind of switch that up a little bit. And, uh, yeah, cause, that's a good question. Cause Brent Venables clearly likes musical cues. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's that kind of. I I I I like to think about stuff like that. I've always said, it's like you know, I mean, you, remember, you know, Bob Stoops always did the thing, right, where they were stretching and he would go, you know, one by one, he'd shake everyone's hand, and I think Lincoln Riley kind of ripped that off, kept kept doing that yep. as well. And I'm, I think a lot I'm of coaches what, do that, though, right? I'm curious what Venables is going to do. Yeah, I think a lot of coaches do that, though, right? I think I, I guess you know, I'm trying to think, did Kevin someone do that at A and M? I he did it. I bet he stole it from Stoops. Yeah, Stoops yeah. started it. He started the tradition of shaking people's hands before the game. <laughs> uh, by the way, the other uh, the, the other guy I, I couldn't think of uh, it was Nick Anderson, and uh, the defensive back was Jordan Mukes. They were kind of going at it and uh, got tied up a little bit. So Mukes is um, kind of a guy I forget about. Haven't really thought about him in a while. He's tall. He's still tall out there. I mean, got a big body. Um, I guess. I mean, I, I watched the. Did you say it's a nice body though. What do you oh, think about yeah. that? Great, great. Oh yeah, I saw the yeah. Did you see that elite weigh-in they did? They, he was one of the guys they. Oh, we haven't talked they put about a picture that. up on. Yeah, no, he's he's in very good shape, very very good shape. As is a lot of those guys. Hey, Schmitty built man. I'm sure. Schmitty I'm sure you built. love that video. I hated the part. Like, did you see the, like what you know? I the 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 elite weigh-ins. If I you know I can take it or leave it. I, I'm one of those guys who's like, hey, if they they had a good time doing that, awesome. You know, I'm. I'm I'm big on doing doing silly team things anyway, whatever. So you know they can do what they want. It was, but I I had to turn it off when they were picking up Schmidt and like like tossing him. Like I had to turn it off. I was like, nah, I don't. This isn't me. I don't like this. You can tell so, that he hated every second of that. And I like, no no no. I think he likes it. I think he likes it. And here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was talking to a guy that I know that that was in the program for a small amount of time. And if he listens to this episode, he, he knows who the heck he is. But I'm not going to say. For sure. And he was in the program about a decade ago, a little bit longer. And uh, obviously when, when Schmidt was there and I remember he saw that video, we were talking about it and he said, man, there was nobody in the OU program that would have been picking up Schmitty on their shoulders when I was there. <laughs> so that told me, or that tells me that he's done some things a little bit different. Like he's evolved. I mean, it was you know, more than a decade ago. 
And I, the point of that was like, yeah, he's a great strength coach, but the, you know, you love him and maybe hate him. You know, like he he pushes you. Whereas like now, I don't know. Maybe he's he's adapted. Maybe he's, clearly, he's adapted. He struck a, a different balance. And like, yeah, he still pushes the guys. But man, these dudes su- seem to love him, and they love them at Texas A and M, from what I heard. It makes me wonder if. Um you know, you know, people talk about different generations and stuff like that. Maybe this generation just responds better to just being told why they need to work hard. Um, I because I'm like that. I I always hated when coaches yelled and stuff like that. Because like, just just tell me what to do, and like I'm obsessive about it, and I'll, I'll get it right. But it, it just it never made sense to me why people need, and just maybe this generation of kids just doesn't need to be yelled at. Well, Grant, you know as well as I do, though. I mean, yeah, that's that's how you respond or that's how you are best coached up but not everyone's different though i mean for whatever reason some people need that extra little kick in the butt you know to no, go and and, i'm not I, yeah. i'm not saying that that yeah. that's not a th- of course that's a thing i'm just saying maybe this maybe there's I, I don't think it's that crazy to think that maybe you know there's there's less meatheads in football these days than there were 20 years ago i mean that's uh, kind of a negative connotation towards meatheads man i mean you know i mean i say it lovingly <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, I, if this tracks, though, because isn't the cliche about this new era of kids like they're they're a lot more soft, you know, they're on their they're on social media all the time. You know, they're just always distracted. And so wouldn't a guy that's like, you know, a big yeller screamer like his reputation, we thought you know, like Jerry Schmidt, wouldn't that not go well with these types of players? But then again, that's to my point, though, is like I think that he's adapted to whatever they are. I'm sure he's. Time. I'm sure he's just adapted his message, probably, where it's yeah. just like, "Hey guys, this is going to be really hard. I'm going to push you, but also you're not going. But I'm going to love me, you too. I'm going to love you just as hard. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I just maybe it's easier to like. Maybe it's easier to explain to kids these days. Is like we're going to put you through hell because this is really, really going to be beneficial to you in the like in the future. And here, here's my track record. Here's this and this. Here's and here's all the guys who have been in this program yeah. who it's benefited. And you can you should listen to them. And maybe just maybe that just. That works a lot better these days, maybe. Or maybe maybe he really has just changed, and maybe that would have worked 20 years ago, too, and times have just changed. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a lot of guys that, I mean, just all the outpouring of all the former players whenever he was hired back. I mean, from all these older eras, I mean, the dude, like the Teddy Laymans of the world, I mean, they love the guy. And that was back whenever he had, like a, I guess, maybe a different reputation, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, so it's... I mean, to each his own. I mean, it's it's a guy that you're around most of the time. Uh, some dudes just love working out, man. I and you know maybe he makes it more fun. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, and who knows? Like anyways. maybe maybe we don't maybe we don't give the last regime enough credit. Maybe they maybe they recruited a bunch of dudes with pretty high character, and and maybe they've maybe these kids really really did want to be great the last two years, and they really wanted to, and maybe they weren't being served well by the other people. Interesting. So maybe now they've seen two different. You know, and like, I mean, you've heard yeah. it like like when, when you've heard, you know, Brent Venables talk in the offseason. I mean, you've heard Thad Turnipseed talk and other guys talk they, like they've they've paid lip service numerous times to the kids wanting to be great. He said it numerous times. Um, and maybe they have always wanted to be great and maybe they're just seeing a different perspective now. And that's just really effective for them. So. uh I'm looking at my notes from Brent Venable's press conference today just to kind of give us some more ideas and, and more prompts to talk about. I, I do want to – this kind of goes along. I mean, talking about the previous regime, uh, there was a part of Venable's press conference when he was talking about how he's seen a lot of, a lot of encouraging signs uh, from the team. 
And Venables went on and, and, and kind of looked back towards December. And he said, when we got here in December, the team was somewhat fragmented. And he said, that's from the input that I got from the players. Venables said, and this is the money quote, and he said kind of versions of this, I think, before, but you know, maybe I'm imagining it, but this stood out to me. He said, we had an offense and we had a defense. And ever since then, we've worked intentionally to build a team. And this, this incident, the situation will somehow, some way continue to unify these guys. And I think I said this earlier, you know, and that's what he's seen so far. So uh, that's kind of, I mean, it's kind of the rumors that you kind of heard, right? You know, Riley, you know, he's an offensive guy. It's not surprising that he would be like, okay, Alex Grinch, do your thing defensively. But I mean, according to Venables, you know, like talking to the players, and I'm sure he probably talked to some of the coaches too that obviously were on staff. I mean, the vibe that he got was that it was, it was an offense and a defense and not necessarily a team. And you know what? Maybe to be charitable to Lincoln Riley, maybe that was more of just the 2021 season, you know, maybe because obviously his head was kind of somewhere else for parts of the year. So maybe that didn't necessarily happen until all of the stuff with USC maybe kind of came into his life, even though he still will tell you that he, you know, got a phone call that night or whatever that day, like it was preposterous. But, you know, again, maybe that all that fracturing didn't necessarily happen until the end of Lincoln Riley's tenure. But still, either way, I mean, this team definitely needed to be brought together. And everything that's happened in the last statement, I mean, we were talking about the last episode, like everything's been so darn good. And then finally, in a, in a bad way, now there's there's something out there. It's a really difficult situation. And so, you know, maybe hopefully the team building they've done in the last eight, eight and a half months, everything that we think and we have heard has been so good to build the culture in the team. I guess if that's true, a situation like this is a prime test of that that built culture, right? Can it sustain? Can they bounce back? Can they move on and and be a really good football team this year? And so I I guess to look at the bright side, I'm just this is kind of coming to me organically right now. I mean, yeah, hopefully everything they've been saying about the culture and the team building has been true because they're gonna need that more than ever right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um I'm not the first person to make this point. Um, uh, I mean, I think I think I think this was this is probably Gabe or Teddy on on their podcast maybe earlier this week. I, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have they you know Gabe was talking about how fall camp is just they're really long days. They're really structured. They're really regimented. Um, and yeah, I, I I can't think of anything better right now to to get to get your mind right than to go through a really heavily regimented structured routine. Of, of having to get a lot of work in and you're, I mean, your, your mind's going to be stretched. You're going to have to put in work, you know, to get through difficult physical situations. There's just, you know, there's not going to be a lot of time for these kids the next four weeks to think about Kale Gundy. That's, that's, and that's not, that's not to be glib. That's not to, to say old news and we don't care about that. That's just, that's just the truth. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that, that's going to be thrown at them. They're just not going to have time to think about it. They're they're humans with brains too. They they have a, a capacity. Good stuff. I'm looking through my notes again just to kind of find some more interesting things before we wind this down. So maybe we'll kind of transition more away from uh, yeah. You know, we've kind of slowly transitioned away from the Kale Gundy topic and. Uh, more football and just from my note well I guess this kind of is more of the kale but uh, we talked about LaDamian Washington briefly a little bit ago today Brent Venable said that 
uh, offensive analyst Matt Wells, former tech coach, is still on staff, and he's going to be kind of in a way an assistant to Ladamian Washington. So Matt Wells will be kind of in the ear of him, obviously in an off the field role as an analyst role, as well as Nick Basquin. So Nick Basquin's on staff as well in some capacity, former Sooner wide receiver, obviously. So uh, just kind of some, some. Uh, nah, I was going to say nugget. That's not really a nugget. That's Venable said today. So, I mean, LaDamian Washington's going to have, obviously, the entire coaching staff trying to help him out. But also, like it sounds like one of the main guys that will be around him more maybe than others is a guy with head coaching experience and a guy in Matt Wells who has – an incredibly sterling reputation as just a, a great guy from what I remember reading. And um, so it's kind of curious to see like where he ends up going next. Cause I, I mean, I'm sure he's going to probably try to find another head coaching job somewhere, or at least a coordinator job. But uh, so anyways, Matt Wells is, is still there and will help out. Yeah. When Any he thoughts was, uh, on that? Any takes from that? Yeah. When Matt Wells was first hired to Texas tech, I, I aggressively, aggressively went after it as a terrible hire that was not going to work out. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was I right. You're right. I was clearly right. But hey, you know, I, I, mean, I remember that you can find that on our podcast years ago. But also, I mean, it kind of makes me feel bad now that I know that he's got the reputation for being like the nicest person on planet Earth. But yeah, maybe that's, really that's probably why he wasn't that successful of a, of a football coach. Ooh. Just saying. Because <laughs> yeah. nice guys finish last. Yeah, especially do. especially out in West Texas. No way, man. <laughs> you got to have an edge to you. Let's see. Uh, I guess a. Uh, one of the biggest football pieces of news today, on, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Preventable said that Jalen Redmond recently, as of I think yesterday, said had a minor concussion. And so today they were obviously going easy on him. So that's a player that had a great summer. That's concerning. in great shape. And, you know, he's – we talked about last episode of how – this is the first time he's had a full off season without being injured. And in the opening days of camp, he's got a minor injury and with, with concussion. I mean, I heard those things that, linger. I heard, I heard those are linger. lingerers. So that sucks. That's I, he can't, I, you know, Hey, it's maybe it really is just a minor thing. And it's, but when a guy is injury prone and he gets injured, it's yeah, the gears are going to start turning. So not great, not great. Um, talked a little bit about Justin Harrington today. Um, talked about Venables, talked about how he's uh, you know big, long, athletic, sudden, explosive, he's rangy, he can play man well. Uh, all these things that we kind of hoped he could do last season. And then he was just you know not around, and then he left the team, basically. He imagined. So remember, he kind of... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, was, I, was, I, I got excited, so I cut you off. Keep going. No, I mean, because remember, because he... And he was gone, and then he, he came back, and, and Venables and the staff gave him a second chance in the spring. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a big safety room. It's a big defensive back room in general, but it kind of makes you wonder, all right, under a different regime, different coaches. We were excited about Justin Harrington uh, before he was injured. Uh, heck, what, two years ago? I mean, wasn't he supposed to be kind of a guy in 2020 before he got hurt? And then... He missed all of 2020, and then he was in a he was he came back for 2021, had a big old brace on his leg, and then we thought he might be something in the preseason, and then nothing. And then I think like before the Kansas State game, he entered the transfer portal. So that's a long way of me going around to. There was times on this podcast where we were very intrigued by Justin Harrington and what he could do, and potentially could be a starter on this team. No one's thinking that right now, but 
definitely one of those guys where I'm like, oh, you got my attention. I'm interested. What are you going to be whenever the, the depth charts start coming out? Can right, you now, imagine? Can you imagine? Like what? What? How? What's the size of the of the black eye of like the previous coaching staff? If like Eric Gray goes for like twelve hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns, <laughs> if Justin Harrington is like a is a major contributor on the defense, if Key Lawrence and Billy Bowman hold down the safety jobs the entire season and are really good, like I'm. What if Braden Willis has like a has like a big senior season? Yeah. Like I'm. I'm just. There, there's so much, so much potential there for just for nom 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 noms, guys. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not. I mean, J- Justin Harrington. I'm not. I'm not expecting any of that whatsoever. But that'd be really cool. So I just thought of something. That we were talking about Jalen Redmond a moment ago, and obviously that's that's not great. Minor concussion. Uh, I have no information about potential injuries on these other two guys that I'm going to bring up here in a moment. But I will say the last two practices, Monday and, and Wednesday, I have noticed a couple of guys off to the side not necessarily participating in full drills. And they're kind of going like through slow kind of jogs and high knees and, and whatnot. Uh, this, the two guys I've noticed off to the side are transfer running back Bentavius Thompson the guy from UCF, and the other guy that I've noticed off to the side is Javante Barnes, so two running backs. I heard about Barnes. So I don't know what's going on with him, but they don't seem to be like their full go right now for some reason. But they were were in, but they were like dressed out? Dressed out, yes. So that means they're... Uh, On on the field. And moving around? But like away from the entire position group, though. Like that usually, do, that usually yeah. means they're like day to day, right? I I don't know. I don't if they know. dress, I mean, typically. But they're they're dressed, yeah. Like I think you know them them dressing is is significant. That means they're not that far away a lot of the time. Just you know, just a little little piece of information that you can only get here from West of Everest if you're listening. You know, I heard that. about Javante Barnes already, so. Okay, well, don't, you I mean, don't, don't sell the audience a, a false bill of goods. That's not okay. Don't do that. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm just trying to get more listeners, okay? Whether we're telling the truth or not, you know, like we'll fix it in post, you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, I just kind of thought about that whenever we're talking about Redmond. Okay, so I thought this was kind of fun. Towards the end of Venables' press conference, he said the next 10 days should be the hardest 10 days of the season for Oklahoma, mentally, physically, spiritually. And he wants the guys to just embrace it. And... uh, uh, they're going to move. They've been practicing on the practice fields right next to the stadium. Venable said they're moving over to the rugby fields, baby. Oh, that's, that's, where that's mainly, big time. And he said it's going to be a little harder over there. Like It's a little harder to get to. Going down there is a little bit more difficult. Kind of just, just more of a grind. Kind of, kind of test them a little more mentally. And so for whatever reason, the next 10 days are supposed to be really hard. Maybe it's because that's going to be considered, you know, camp. And then I'm just going to – I'm guessing here. I have no – because he said 10 days, maybe after those 10 days, they technically say that camp is is broken and maybe they're in the game prep mode. I don't know. Uh, but uh, that's just me, that's just me just guessing and speculating. But uh, so, yeah, I thought found it to be pretty interesting. The next 10 days, Venable says should be the hardest 10 days of the season. So have fun, guys. That'll be that'll be a good one. <laughs> good I mean, I, you went through Schmitty workouts, I guess. I mean, it sounds. Yeah, it sounds 
Like, it's probably not going to be that fun, but let's be real. It probably will be fun. They're going to be around all of their best friends, and <laughs> they play college football. Yeah, man, that's pretty cool. I mean, right? it'll, it'll, cool. I mean, I'm sure it'll suck. Like, getting hit sucks. It, tackling is so terrible. I have no idea how people in the <laughs> NFL do that their entire lives. Uh, yeah. So, that's about all I have from the Venables press conference. I will say I'm checking the West of Evers Facebook page, and I'll thank Harry for dropping down a comment. Uh, and, you know, this kind of goes along with what we were talking about a moment ago to keep the theme going on with defensive players. Harry says, uh, do you think the defense will move Jalen Redmond to nose or defensive tackle because he's apparently got a lot more beef on him during the offseason with Schmitty? So, I mean, wasn't wasn't uh, Jalen Redmond inside yeah. last year as well? Yeah, he's I think. So, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, he's he told Dean on uh, Media Day that he's up to 295. We talked about this last episode, I think. Uh, he's up to 295 and he can move really well. So hopefully he's healthy hopefully this concussion thing doesn't linger and he's good to go but man he's he's such a weapon to have inside there um so yeah i mean when he's healthy I, like when he's healthy yeah so to answer your question harry i think he's kind of been there kind of anyways and that's i don't see this new regime messing with that um and, and putting him on i mean that'd be a scary i i think he moved around i think you know alex grinch did kind of move he moved those guys around a bit so i think there was times where he was on the edge here and there um, man, that's, that system was so unique and I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's over. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, again, for the millionth time, big fan of Alex Grinch as a guy, as a football guy, seemed really nice. He actually told us the truth in press conferences. Like we'd ask questions. He'd actually give us answers. Unlike his head coach who would sometimes kind of evade things. So appreciated the honesty from Alex Grinch, but also it was kind of fun, but not fun. That's the wrong word to use here because it was not fun. It was awful towards the end of that season last year that we talked about on the podcast, you just could tell with the questions and stuff. He just he didn't have any answers, man. <laughs> he had no answers to make the defense any better. And uh, I don't miss that. I don't miss that at all. And I think a lot of it was from his scheme was so simple and he could not adjust to anything. And that's whenever Kansas is able to move the ball on you a decent amount of time and you can't figure out Kansas, then you got a problem, man. So, anyways, that's enough Alex Grinch hate for, for one episode. Again, love the guy. Good dude. Good football guy. Not a big fan of his scheme. <laughs> um, all right, Grant, any other comments, thoughts? I know that you didn't really follow much of the Brent Venables presser today. Anything else um, from last week, since last week, football-wise, that's caught your eye? Uh, if not, I have one more topic we can jump into before we go, but I'll – uh, it's not necessarily really OU, this current OU team related. So I'll throw it over to you. Uh, you know, I, I don't know much yet. Um, they're, they're still, they've only had like four or five practices. Um, five. So what? Five practices. Okay. So there, yeah, I said four or five. Well, I know. I just wanted to, I want, because I knew the actual answer is five. So I just wanted to make sure that, hey, it's clear. It's five. Ridiculous. You're a little too aggressive on that. I didn't like it. Cool it down. <laughs> cool it down a little bit. Um, no, I'm good. What, what, what's your topic? Since this isn't going to be one of our two-hour-long podcasts, we have a little bit more time here to fill. How about this, man? I mean, are you excited? Are you getting pumped up for uh, Baker Mayfield, QB1 in Carolina? Yeah, no, I was, was, was going to say, yeah, yeah we haven't I talked saw about some Baker tweets. yet. Saw some tweets coming out the last couple of days. I mean, not surprisingly, he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's going to win that job. But, uh, man, I, I'm going to 
I, we're not big fans of Ben McAdoo. I think we uh, we established that a couple episodes ago. I, I don't know what his system looks like. Uh, I just know I only have context of it with Eli Manning as the quarterback, and uh, like they were okay for one year, but other than that, it was kind of a lot of blah. And especially whenever he became the head coach of the Giants, their offense was not very good. So I don't know what to expect from the offense, but man, I, I'm going to become irrationally excited because I'm seeing some tweets about how Baker Mayfield looks really good in Panthers camp. And I like Baker Mayfield a lot, and I want to see him succeed. So, oh, man, it's I, I wasn't expecting it, but here we go. I'm starting. I'm going to start. If I start seeing more tweets and I start seeing video of Baker, uh, you know, maybe we see him in the preseason. And he looks good. Then I'm going to be right there. I'm going to be jumping on the Baker train again because I kind of jumped off a little bit honestly last year because he was uh, he was underwhelming me, Grant, underwhelming me in Cleveland. Well, I mean, we're we're. We're gonna see, right? I mean, I I was already all in. I'm 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 always all in. He's like he's <laughs> he's my favorite athlete on the planet. So of course I, I'm all in. Um, I don't know how it's gonna work out. I mean, his history says chances are it's not gonna work out. But um, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I my my biggest concern is Matt Rule. Um, there's just some. I I really liked Matt Rule when he was at Baylor. Um, man, I I. I know this sounds stupid, but you saw that thing, right? Where he like, um, where uh, Richard Higgins scored like on a like a really nice like throw for me. It was like a long touchdown pass, and Higgins like extended the ball over the goal line as he was as he was crossing, and everyone was like all excited. And then Rule like came in like and just totally ruined everything. And was like yelling at everybody and made like the entire team run because Higgins just extended the ball across the goal line, and. I saw because like I'm I'm following Panthers Twitter now and so like all of their beat writers were were <laughs> tweeting about it and it was like a whole deal and and I was reading that and I was like that's a huge red flag. It's like what is he doing? What it, like what is he even like? It's and like I I know maybe that's just like a stupid thing for me to focus on, but also at the same time like I that tells me that his his head is in a totally different place. Okay, I'm gonna play devil's advocate and I just thought of this because when I saw that story I didn't think much of it. I thought eh, that sounds like a bit, bit of an overreaction, but. Honestly, like, who cares? I don't think it's that big of a deal. Devil's advocate, just thought of it. How many times? How many times? I mean, it doesn't happen a lot, but the whole, I'm going to guess the whole, maybe he, maybe he talked about this. Maybe he was asked a question. He wants to drill it into his team's minds. You don't extend the football because you don't extend the football because the whole fumble out of the back of the end zone thing and like that could be a problem. And, you know, if you get really mad about it this one time, then maybe that's going to prevent it from happening, and then you're not going to have a, a really dumb turnover at some point in the season because somebody extends the football. Maybe that's his, Maybe that's why. I don't know. Absolutely moronically stupid thing to focus on. If that is why, because it's a fluke why? that doesn't ever happen statistically. That doesn't really ever what? happen. What an absolutely insane thing for a four and fit, like thirteen football team that to happens, focus on. That happens a good amount. I mean, every single year we'll see those highlights of those guys that every are almost year into we'll the end zone. We'll see it happen three to four times. Yeah, and it, it, it ends up being a dumb teams. turnover. It ends up being a dumb. I'm just hey, I'm just hey, I'm just playing devil's advocate. This is great podcasting, okay? You know, yeah. But you had your opinion. I have my opinion. You know, embrace debate. The listeners no, I just, will decide. I, I think it's dumb. Like he's 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 trying to be Bill Belichick. There's only one Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick oh, man, was made I, by Tom Brady. So no, he's. It sounds like he's he's coaching the Panthers like he coached Baylor his first year there when he, he was making them do like the Oklahoma drill in pregame. <laughs> before games it's like uh, couldn't guys get injured doing that matt but i guess you're trying to set the tone the problem is that this is what year three for him now three or four year three i think and uh i mean i i think he's a good coach man i 
I was surprised that that Joe Brady didn't work out. Um, I guess it, it was a good piece of evidence that man quarterback is obviously the most important thing in the NFL. I mean, you got a, a, a great offensive coordinator who who coordinated essentially the best college offense ever. Granted, he had a he had one of the best NFL. Well, I, I, you're, I, I think you're right, obviously. But the main takeaway here is that LSU's success in 2019 had way more to do with the fact that they had Joe Burrow and three of the best wide receivers on planet Earth and Clyde Edwards Alaire. Oh, that probably okay. had it had much more to do with their success than Joe Burrow. But also, but also <laughs> to play devil, devil's advocate to myself. And now I'm like I'm convincing myself in my head. <laughs> LSU was absolutely atrocious on offense with all of those guys anyway the year before that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, never mind. Actually, yeah, I take that, that back. point. Yeah, I mean there could be somewhere there could be somewhere in the middle because you're know, right. You, because you I, Joe actually, Brady. I, I do think like LSU before Brady was essentially just like they they just I don't know they were trying to make it hard on themselves. They were and again they, they were weren't actively trying to be bad at completing forward passes. <laughs> You're being hyperbolic because that's what you do. They weren't a tro- I mean, they were fine on offense. They were okay. They weren't. They weren't like 130th in the nation. I mean, I we have podcasts on this man. You can go back and listen. I I like Joe Burrow even on that the year before at LSU. I like. I thought I saw some stuff there. Yeah, but I saw they, some things I liked. But they had like all of the same players that made up the best offense oh, yeah. in the history of the sport, and they were like 70th in the country in scoring. And in, they were just, they were they weren't good. It was bad. It's a bad okay. college offense. Bad, yeah, sure. You know what? That none of that matters. All, you know what? What does matter though is this tweet from Ellis L. Williams, who is it's my guy. It's my Panthers guy now. Oh, is he? He's uh, he works for the Charlotte Observer. He works for the Star Tribune. He's a local. No kidding. Huh, how about that? So Ellis tweets yesterday, August 9th, Baker Mayfield. Led the Panthers' first-team offense to touchdowns on back-to-back two-minute drives to end practice. Team had 35 seconds from 40-yard line to score. First drive, three plays, capped by 20-yard DJ Moore touchdown over route. Second drive, seven plays, ends with five-yard Christian McCaffrey touchdown reception. So biggest takeaways, Christian McCaffrey is healthy. (laughs) DJ Moore catching passes from Baker Mayfield. DJ Moore Thirdly, is um, is by far the best receiver that Baker Mayfield has thrown to in his career. So like that's be. that's that's good at least because Jarvis Landry is is not good. <laughs> has always has no, always probably been the most overrated player in the NFL. He's fine. He's fine. He's a possession guy. Remember, everyone was all excited about Jarvis Landry going to the Cleveland because he had that one season with Miami where he caught like 120 passes and he he averaged like seven yards a catch. Well, Jarvis always have that hard knocks moment. In the, in the in the film room or in the position room where he everyone said it was like the greatest speech ever and all I heard was just a bunch of expletives that's all <laughs> that's, that's all it was to me is a guy that just every other word is uh, bleeped out if it was not an HBO speaking of that I haven't watched hard knocks yet have you watched the the Lions hard knocks yet I haven't no I you know I'm a little hard knocks is, is kind of it, it's not as good as it used to be I heard I've, I've heard I mean very briefly but I've heard that at least episode one's pretty good so uh, but yeah, I, I, I think I, I didn't even finish it last year. The Cowboy, I think it was the Cowboys last year. I, I think, think so. I and then they had it. the, they had the, 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 during the season one with the Colts and you know, the Colts are my team. And I, I, I could barely watch that. I thought it was terrible. Like yeah, I just, interesting. but it was, it, but it was because of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was awful. Oh. Like, and it was just like, that was, that soured me on Carson Wentz watching that. I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. Why everyone hates this guy. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think uh, us moving on to Hard Knocks and Carson Wentz and the that probably signals that we've ran out of OU content for this particular podcast. So, uh, thanks for bearing with us, guys. Uh, the schedule moving forward again. I I think the best day for us to record will be on Wednesday nights now because uh, I I'll be working on Mondays and Tuesdays, and uh, we'll go from there. So we're still doing one per week, and then uh, if there's any changes, we will let you know on the West of Everest Facebook page. And uh, I appreciate. Uh, I saw at least one one or two other ratings were given to Spotify since our last episode, so thanks for that. And uh, anytime you guys leave ratings or reviews, we very much appreciate it. So uh, that's all I have, Grant. Uh, I will leave it over to you for any final thoughts because I have no idea if you want to say your, your typical final thought or if you have anything else uh, more in-depth to say. I was trying to find a good, a good spot to insert another movie line during this. I don't know if I want to say it now. I think no, nah, I'll, I'll pick another time to insert it. But okay, but yeah, nip high football good. rules. Oh, well, actually, uh, I'll leave you with this: something that Grant and I were talking about before the episode, before the mics heated up. This will be our parting shot to you all, and you all can kind of think about this. And, and this will be a good test: who listens this far into the podcast? And I, I'm sure a lot of you do, but I don't blame you if you don't. I, I get it. You know, there's some podcasts I don't listen to the whole thing. So Grant and I were talking about movies before the podcast and we've decided that remember the titans is one of the best sports movies out there maybe would you say top five top five sports movie uh definitely top five sports movie probably the most important sports movie though oh see i mean could be a hot take and i i mean i'm kind of with them i'm i don't know if i'd say it's the most important sports movie because i have to think more about it but i definitely think it's one of the best sports movies ever and then obviously you can't you can't forget about varsity blues which is my favorite movie varsity blues to me is one of the greatest sports movies of all time so parting shots to you all. If you haven't seen Varsity Blues, make sure you watch it, but also make sure that you're of age. <laughs> some, some racy things in that movie. It's actually, it's not even, uh, it's not even that racy of an R-rated movie, actually. Yeah. Wow. It's just the standards have just deteriorated over time, I guess. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, no age restric- uh, restriction to remember the Titans because uh, that's, that's just a great family film. Uh, I'm not really sure the point of what I uh, bringing that up. I just wanted to bring up a couple of movies we talked about that we both like. So uh, I'll end it there. And uh, if you guys want to talk about any movies on the West of Everest Facebook page, go for it. Uh, movies are great. <laughs> we'll be back next week for more OU fall camp discussions. So until next time for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. And also, tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.